0: Welcome to the Aegis Comics of Alaska podcast, where we tell Alaskans what to put in their box at Alaska's comic book shop. I always wished I could do something better than comics, but there didn't seem to be anything. This is the Aegis Comics of Alaska podcast, and now your hosts, Lou and Amy Joe. Hey guys, this is Lou here from Aegis Comics of Alaska, Alaska's comic book shop, and this is the Heroes Without Capes podcast. Welcome to the show. Thank you for tuning in again. We release uh, weekly episodes, so always please subscribe so that you get those notifications and you don't miss out on our next episode. This episode is going to be focused on missing indigenous women in the state of Alaska before we jump into it, we have to pay the bills. So, a special shout out to our sponsor, Popple. So, Popple is the alternative for business cards. 96% of your paper business cards get tossed, guys. The best way to get around that and the most economical way to get around that is with Popple. Popple is an electronic version of your business card. You can customize it with customizable links. You can update your socials, update your website, update your, uh, your favorite uh, uh, place that you want to donate to or to support. And you can send that stuff directly to your clients, whether you're in a profession like law enforcement, where you want to send maybe resource links like Vine link or something else, in addition to all your contact information, or if uh, you're in the public sector or the private sector. And you want to share your information? This is the way to go. Popple gets your information directly onto your contacts' phone. Fo- uh, contacts' phone using a. Uh, uh, they have all kinds of stuff. They got fobs. They've got uh, these cool cards. They've got key change. You name it. If you use our promo code Heroes AK at checkout, you uh, will save twenty percent off. And just by clicking on the link uh, that's in the description, you will save an, uh, an additional 25%. So check out Popple today. All right, guys. So, uh, this show is focused on missing indigenous women. The acronym that's used nationwide is MMIW, which is, uh, stands for missing murdered indigenous women. There's right now approximately 5,700 cases of either murdered or missing indigenous women nationwide. 153 of those cases approximately are in the state of Alaska. That's what's reported. That's not all of the known stuff that's not reported. That's just the reported stuff, 153, which makes Alaska the fourth largest uh, number of missing indigenous women in the nation. The way the... Feds responded was by uh, providing $6 million in funding that went into the state dedicated to the protection of rural Alaska. And, you know, they saw that rural Alaska is lacking in public safety. Now, for those of you that live in rural Alaska right now, you know that that money uh, hasn't been spent appropriately in your area yet if you're not seeing public safety if you're not seeing 911 if you're not seeing an investigator assigned to your area or a trooper or some form of a full time law enforcement assigned to your area then you have not received uh what that funding is uh, designed for yet so that's where we're at there the from the federal side from the state side the uh department of public safety uh, took some of that money and hired one investigator. That one investigator who was a uh, investigator, Ann Sear, she had retired and uh, came back to do specifically these types of investigations. She was probably the best choice for uh, this type of investigation. She is an Alaska native herself. She has worked in rural Alaska in law enforcement probably longer than any other trooper has ever worked in in uh, rural Alaska. I hold her in high regard. She's definitely a hero without a cape. Um she was on the job. I want to say she got hired in May of this year and has already resigned. Uh she announced her resignation uh, a couple of weeks ago and she cited essentially being overworked, overtasked. Uh It's a losing battle when you have one person in an agency that uh, the commissioner just recently boasted has upwards of 400 personnel and you assign one person to this task. I mean, that's, it's not, it's not saying much. Uh, I think uh, part of the problem is that you have a lack of support for that individual you have divisions within that department, i.e., uh, uh, Alaska Bureau of Investigation, that is led by an individual who was in my academy class, who has no business being the commander of that uh, of that de- of that Bureau of Investigation, of that detachment. Uh, ABI is the largest detachment in the Department of Public Safety, and it is being managed by an individual who has no operational experience. He graduated from the academy with me, went on patrol after about a year and a half, two years on patrol, went directly to the academy to teach theory, spent several years at the academy, came back to patrol as a sergeant, not taking any major criminal investigations. He's never been in the Alaska Bureau investigations as an investigator, never done a forensic interview of a child doesn't do sexual assaults of uh, investigations, has never been a member of the narcotics uh, uh, unit. And yet he's in charge of the detachment that oversees all of those missions, all of those specialized missions. So that's just, it's kind of the good old boys thing. We see that in a lot of departments nationwide. No one should be shocked when I say this. I know him personally, so I can vouch for his lack of experience in being in the position that he's in. It's there's many other people within that, uh, within that unit that were more or in within that bureau that were more than capable of taking on that assignment. And they picked the worst guy for it. He's not a bad individual. He just doesn't have the experience. And then, uh, he's also a numbers cruncher guy. So, uh, when you put someone in a position like that, you want a leader, you can't put a manager there because a manager is going to be concerned about the numbers, Oh, we can't do this investigation, uh, this extensive or long-term investigation on this indigenous, missing indigenous person because we can't authorize the overtime or we can't uh, uh, authorize the overtime for other investigators to come and assist. It, you can't have a manager, you can't have a penny uh, uh a penny pincher in a position like that, you have to have an actual leader in those positions that see the mission. The mission is public safety. That is the primary mission. It's not dedication to the agency. It's dedication to the public that gives the agency the power to do what it does. So the, uh, Alaska Bureau of investigation, obviously failing in that regard. Uh, you have women that are still going missing, I can give you some examples, um, of where, when I was assigned, uh, in rural Alaska, some of the things that I did to rescue two women in particular, uh, cause a lot of this is going to require some self-help guys. Uh, if you know someone that's gone missing, if you know someone that has run away from a rural community, uh, chances are that they've been dragged into the sex trade in anchorage and some of them make it out here to the valley typically it's in anchorage uh some of the telltale signs of it when uh i did the investigations uh for two young ladies that had gone missing from bristol bay uh and i was assisting locals uh these parents in finding their kids uh one of the things the key factors was that the kids were groomed. They were groomed online. Uh, your your daughters in particular, well, your, your sons too, uh, but in this case, we're talking about the women here. They are uh, being groomed on Discord. They're being groomed on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, some uh, of the... Other social media platforms uh, that you're not aware of and also on gaming platforms you know if they're playing online either on a playstation or xbox and they're playing online with uh with other players from uh, wherever they are i've actually he- overheard these conversations just playing online myself you know i, I was recently playing a-, a game it was called apex legends and you know my wife and i will we'll sit there you got the speaker going you know i don't have my headset on and uh you hear this guy clearly an adult by his voice and he is saying all kinds of dirty things to this young girl player that's playing you can tell by her voice that she's a young girl the way her responses are that of a young girl uh and uh he's essentially grooming this girl while they're playing and before we can do anything about it you know they the game's over and they've gone off to another uh, another round somewhere else and th- these are on the surface seems innocent but this is how these females are groomed the they're being told that they're beautiful they're told that they're sexy the conversations start off casual they start off with uh hey what's your name Eventually, it's, hey, where do you live? They start giving them that attention that they may not be getting at home. And before you know it, they're being convinced to come to Anchorage. Hey, I'll buy your ticket. Come meet me in Anchorage. The, I'm really oversimplifying this. Uh, sometimes it could take several months for this grooming process to happen. A lot of these guys are pimps and uh, they are professionals in the, uh, sex trade industry, they offer attention. They off, they, they do start the grooming process by, uh, uh, essentially they will start making sexual comments just like any other child predator, uh, or predator in general. They start pushing the limits. If they get pushed back, they'll back off. Little by little, they'll come back to the subject again. You know, it's no different than an individual physically trying to groom you by first they put their hand on your leg. If you don't recoil, all of a sudden the hand starts moving towards private areas. You recoil, they'll back off. Eventually, they'll try to get you comfortable with the physical grooming. And before you know it, you know, you're in the sexual relationship or you're being sexually abused. In this case, with these girls, what is happening is they are being invited to Anchorage. The person pays for their flight. Uh, They end up flying to Anchorage. They go to a party at a hotel. uh, Maybe the Captain Cook. uh, Maybe uh, one of the Hiltons or the Marriott. And they receive nice clothing, food they are told that they're beautiful they're treated uh exceptionally well compared to how they were treated or how they presumed they were treated and a lot of them are then conditioned with heroin they get their first free dose of heroin heroin uh for those of you that know is one of the most addictive uh, uh drugs out there historically i mean uh If you studied history, you you heard about the opium wars in China, how China, to to respond to how bad it was, they killed a million people. Uh, The government killed a million people in their fight against the opium war. Um, Heroin, you're seeing these addicts all over the nation. They're getting these girls hooked on heroin. And before you know it, instead of having to pay the girl to be in the sex trade, they just give them more heroin. So the, the, the pimp gets heroin for pennies on the dollar, is now pimping out this girl for thousands upon thousands of dollars an evening with slopers and other traveling businessmen. They're able to market these girls because the indigenous women, in particular the Alaska Native women, either appear to be Hispanic or Asian. And there are markets for both in the sex trade, and these these girls end up getting pimped out to these sick individuals that don't care much for their uh, their age. They they care more about the fantasy and fulfilling their urges at the time. And if something happens where the the girl overdoses. Or decides that they want to leave that trade. That's where they become missing. The majority of the time, these girls are then dragged out by their pimps, uh, beaten or overdosed, shot, killed, stabbed, um, killed by the the client. And then the the bodies are buried. This is Alaska. A lot of these bodies are buried out in Jim's Creek or they're taken to an area off of the Seward Highway where there is a large bear population where the the remains will in in their hopes be devoured by the the local animals and uh we end up not finding traces for for years until maybe some some hiker some tourist finds uh remains and then that's how we end up finding out <sighs> it's I believe that some of it is avoidable. Uh, A lot of it is a uh, starts in the household. For those of you that have uh, internet access, uh, you know, keeping that computer in the living room, not allowing a computer to be or computer access for your kids to be in a private room, but in a common area in the kitchen, in the dining room where you can look over their shoulders and see what is going on. Uh, I mentioned just casually that I don't wear my headset when uh, I'm typically playing uh, uh, the games. The other thing I'll do is you can. there is a mode in the games where you can have where the audio is heard both on the headset and on the uh, attached speakers so that you're walking by and Watching your kids play, you can actually hear what these conversations are and you can hear what's happening. Uh, the other thing is your Wi Fi settings. You can actually contact your service provider and ask how to set your Wi Fi settings where you can actually shut your Wi Fi off at uh, a certain time of night. I would recommend uh, between eight and nine o'clock at night. These kids don't need to be on the internet after 9 p.m., period. Uh, so, Uh, I I, I can't see how you can argue a valid reason why they need to be on the internet after 9 p.m. They need to be asleep, rested so that they can uh, get to school the next day. The inevitable, unfortunately, is the kid gets groomed and is now missing. One of the ways that I was able to uh, find the kids is, number one, I... uh, I was provided the cell phone information for for the kids. so I'm able to do a search, and a lot of times you can go online. Uh, the main page that was involved in the sex trade, aside from Craigslist, and Craigslist was probably the most infamous for it. Was a, a one called Backpage. Backpage was damn near dedicated to the escort and prostitution uh enterprise. Um uh, some of the ways that they the the pimps would try to get around the phone number searches is they would have the posting the phone number, the contact information for the prostitute, the girl uh who's been dragged into the sex trade uh they spell out the names and then they'll uh, they'll spell out so if it's 907 they'll spell out N I N E 9 0 7 they'll spell it out once a lot of the search algorithms caught on to that from law enforcement they started also adding uh little emojis in between so instead of a dash they put like a a pussycat emoji Uh, Or they'll put the eggplant emoji in there, uh, obviously for double meaning. But they'll put that in there to try to counter the search for these individuals. Backpage and Craigslist were the top pages uh, to locate uh, these girls. And that's how I actually located uh, two of the girls. Um, The other thing was in Courtview. You will see charges, criminal charges in court view if they've been doing it long enough. And when I say long enough, it could just be a couple of weeks in the trade. You know, the newer girls get caught a lot. They'll get criminal trespass charges in court view. You won't see prostitution charges. You'll see criminal trespass. And let me explain what happens there. In that scenario, girl goes to the Captain Cook to meet the John, the management at the captain cook trying to be very aware of what's happening at their hotel they're a luxury hotel they don't want that reputation so they report to anchorage police hey there's this girl in here that is not uh, a guest and we believe she's in the sex trade we recognize the pimp that she's with right now uh send an officer or a detective they get there uh perhaps they don't catch them in the act, but when they contact them in the room or while they're exiting the room, long story short, they're not able to get a confession from either party that sex was exchanged for money. So then the only thing they can resort to is giving the trespass warning to the, uh, to the prostitute, to the girl. The warning will only be in, you know, the uh, uh, typically in uh, APSEN, which is the Alaska Public Safety Information Network, uh, which will be available to any law enforcement officer, any dispatch center that runs that individual. They'll say, hey, this person's been criminally trespassed from such and such location, told not to come back for a year, blah, blah, blah. Well you're not going to see that in court view, but what you're going to see is when you see that criminal trespass warning, that means that the person's come back. So she went back to the same hotel, same scenario, got caught again. And this time APD either physically arrests her or they give her a summons and a summons, which is like a ticket is essentially being arrested on paper. They don't actually put cuffs on her and take her, uh, uh, to a pretrial facility. They summons them to court. That's now in the system that they've been charged. You see that on court view. Those are solid indicators that your missing person is in the sex trade. The criminal trespasses. Aside from that, you also have, you know, the drug charges, the, Drunk on license presence. Uh, 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 uh. You have. Uh, uh, all these other charges that are linked to. Uh, controlled substance abuse that you'll start seeing in their court view. That is also an indicator. In this case, I was able to. Verify. Once I saw the. uh criminal trespass uh, charges. I was able to contact uh, the agency, find out what had been going on, get a copy of the police report, find out uh, uh, if there was any active cases on it, so on and so forth. Find out, maybe find out who the pimp is. We then went to Backpage. We found her ad for both of these girls on Backpage um we were able to contact her via her phone number make arrangements for a family member to meet with her and uh obviously we we advised the uh, criminal investigators rescue her get her back to her family unfortunately uh well here's the good news but also the bad news the FBI Realizing that this was going on, on Backpage nationwide, they seized Backpage. They seized it back in, I believe, it was uh, 2018. They seized the, uh, they seized Backpage. Yeah, they seized Backpage in 2018. Unfortunately, because of the need for the sex trade, the demand for the sex trade from all these perverts, there are now. Backpage has been replaced by 18 alternatives. 18 of them. Some of them are Craigslist. There's a new page that's kind of like a an FU to the FBI. It's called yesbackpage.com, Gumtree, Gibo, EBackpage, Adult Finder, Pornhub, and several others. As soon as the FBI goes in and seizes one, they pop up more. So, I mean, as long as you're aware of what these pages are, you'll know where to search to try to find these missing people. This is a lot of work for one investigator to be doing. You need a team of investigators. Uh, The intelligence unit needs to be the uh, Alaska Bureau of Investigations, uh, Department of Public Safety's criminal intelligence unit needs to be deeply involved in this uh unfortunately uh the intel unit is run by uh scott bartlett who's a a, a buddy of chung chan uh the, his only accolades are wrecking his vehicle multiple times and uh covering for uh chung chan's uh sexual uh escapades so the, that that unit's being led by the worst person to lead that unit um what to do uh if your family member goes missing you have to contact law enforcement um the other people that you can reach out to um that may have access to information is uh who we're looking at right now is uh one of our heroes without capes is the volunteers of the alaska native women's research center um they are a nonprofit organization that uh, prides themselves in trying to protect Alaska Native women from domestic violence. Um, they man secret or they maintain secret shelters in a lot of these villages. I remember in Selawik in particular, uh, I'd be in Kotzebue and uh, I get a call from a woman being assaulted at three in the morning. There's no way I'm going to be able to make it out in time. This organization has a network of volunteers throughout rural Alaska that offer up their home for these females to go and hide in until we can get there to the village. Um, I mean, I tip my hat to to these homes that are volunteering to do this. I mean, they place themselves at great jeopardy and they do it anyway. Uh, I tip my hat to them. I ask, uh, if, if, uh, if you have the ability to do so, I would 100% recommend that you donate to them. Uh, I have their website up here, the www.aknwrc.org. That's www.aknwrc.org. Their link will also be in the description. They have, a uh, a little link right there on the main page. It says donate now that money goes directly into helping these women. Uh, They're an organization that you can reach out to uh, in the event uh, that you, you feel that um, law enforcement might not be capable of doing enough. At that point, you can reach out to them for resources. Uh, The other thing that uh, I want to speak about, which is unfortunate, but it, it does, it is currently happening right now. There's two organizations. There may be a third, but I know right now there's two organizations that assist in receiving tips from the public, anonymous tips, and can help you in finding a missing person, in particular, someone that may have been dragged into the sex trade, or may be the victim of, uh, of violence that's gone missing, to to include unfortunately murder. And that is the Matsu Crime Stoppers and the Anchorage Crime Stoppers. Both of these organizations are certified by uh uh Crime Stoppers US. They function extremely well because they offer a cash reward of up to a thousand dollars for any information that leads to the uh, arrest uh, in a felony crime, in particular for these crimes. The other thing is that they can actually uh, guarantee anonymity. Um, they have attorneys on retainer that will go in and fight any, any type of, uh, uh, attempt to identify the anonymous, uh, 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 provider of the information, the anonymous source, whether it be law enforcement trying to get the information or, uh, uh, the defense trying to get the information, they will not release that information. They will not violate the secrecy, the anonymity of the, uh, source because then no one would use them. I know this because I, uh, I'm currently on the Crime Stoppers board and I've uh, uh, been a part of Crime Stoppers since 2009 when I was uh, the uh, Alaska Bureau of, uh, of Investigations representative. I was the law enforcement uh, liaison for uh, Matsu Crime Stoppers. I can tell you that the tipsters, we don't collect their name. We don't collect their phone number. They're assigned a number. And this number is how they identify themselves. When they want, when they go to get paid, they have to provide that number. They don't provide that number, uh, they don't get paid uh, because we have to protect anonymity. Very strict about that. The Alaska Bureau of Investigation, and Alaska State Troopers. Uh, right now, they have a tip line. They cannot guarantee anonymity. I remember just as recently as in the last year and a half or so, the department, in particular the intelligence unit led by Bartlett, has attempted to try to solicit the source uh, uh, code from the tips that Matsu Crime Stoppers received because they want to be able to identify who the tipsters are. So, in the event that they uh, need to Conduct further investigation. A lot of these, a lot of times, just so that you know, a lot of times some of these tipsters are from the criminal underworld. But these are the people that know what's happening because they're embedded in it. They know where so-and-so is hiding or where so-and-so may have been hiding the person that you're looking for. They know where these people are. The I say this as a cautionary tale because the intelligence units had a The honorable purpose right after the terrorist attacks of 9-11. That stuff has kind of spread into other other areas that they shouldn't be in. Now, should they be investigating uh, organized crime in jails and collecting intelligence uh, on uh, who the players are in the jail? Absolutely. It's in the facility. Uh, It's when they start pushing into these programs that are supposed to guarantee anonymity to keep the flow of information going so that we can solve crimes in the state. And this is a private organization that's privately funded by the way, nonprofit that is trying to, it's made up of all local citizens that are tired of crime occurring in the community. And aside from doing a neighborhood watch, this is the best thing, the best solution they have. And so, uh, There's no reason for the state to try to duplicate the efforts of these two organizations that have demonstrated success for decades in the state of Alaska. They should be using that funding to hire more investigators for these missing uh, indigenous women. I uh, uh, I am optimistic that there's going to be change. I am very optimistic that the people that listen to this show are going to speak to their lawmakers. Uh, One of the things that you can do uh, aside from uh, contacting these private organizations, uh, and I want to move into the darker side of this, and there are probably less than half a percentile of law enforcement that are corrupt in the state of Alaska. The vast majority of law enforcement officers in the state of Alaska are honorable people that put on that badge and that uniform every day and want nothing else but to protect the people of Alaska. They go into the most horrible situations, outmanned, outgunned, and they do it every day because they feel that there is a dedication to this mission. They're not dedicated to the agency or to the department. They're dedicated to the people that they serve. And thank goodness for all of us that they vastly outnumber all the bad players. Unfortunately, when you have an organization that currently is beefing up their command staff to the point that the command staff, if it keeps going, like it's going to be the Alaska State supervisors. There's not even going to be any troopers anymore. It seems like everyone's getting promoted to lieutenant and captain uh, uh lately, and there's no need for that. Right now they need to be focused on patrol and on investigations. Um I say that because there is hope. But there is that small percentage of bad cops out there. And the next point that I'm going to make is what do you do if the suspect is a cop. And I can tell you that your absolute best response right now is to contact the FBI. The FBI can be contacted toll-free at 1-800-CALL-FBI. That's 1-800-CALL-FBI. Or 1-800-225-5324. That's 1-800-225-5324. They do investigate public officials to include law enforcement. Uh, They use powers from the Hobbs Act and many others uh, to ensure that these people are not violating the public trust and using their power in an abusive manner to commit crimes. So the FBI would probably be your first phone call. Uh, Other people that you can call, you can contact the Office of Victims' Rights, I always suggest that you go to the federal level before you go to the state level because it just offers, you're putting the feds on notice that something is happening within the state. That way, the state, when they've received the call from the feds, they know that there's already going to be some oversight. Otherwise, you know, if if you find a situation uh, where the good old boys club kicks in, you know, and you have this this small group of people, very small percentage, by the way. I, I don't want to make it sound like the Alaska State Troops is this corrupt agency. Overall, they're not. They, the uh, the They're they just mismanaged right now. And once that gets fixed, uh, I, I think you I, I I suspect with a consent decree, uh, you'll start seeing things go back the way they should be traditionally. But the... You you need to let people know that there's other people looking into it and that other people are watching. Um, you don't want to do this at the point that you're jeopardizing a criminal investigation, but you most certainly are in your right to contact the feds first to get involved at least to cue them up that something bad has happened in particular with a law enforcement officer, you know, with Garrett Willis, who was a former Alaska state trooper assigned to the Alaska, uh, to the U S marshals task force, which was the fugitive task force. You know, he has right now four female victims. Uh, he's been able to wander around the valley because of his connections to the rodeo and the hockey, uh, uh community out here, which is very protective and is very, uh, to the point they've given the, the imagery that they endorse sexual assaults and they endorse domestic violence as long as you're a good coach or you're a good rodeo star. And uh, I know that there are members of that community that don't believe that, but uh, it seems right now that they're kind of the minority. And I hope that uh, these guys and gals that are members of this community remember their daughters and remember how they would want their daughter to be treated if something like this happened. It's not—it's not, it's not uh, ironic to me that today is International Daughters Day. Uh, we should be thinking about our daughters today, and what we can do to make them warriors, make them stronger, but also our obligation to protect them. The uh, the counter to to that uh, in particular we, we look at uh garrett willis garrett was a member of a federal task force the i'm actually shocked that this is at the state level this, i i think it should have been federal it should have been federal because he was acting in the capacity of a federal agent in particular uh a, a u.s marshal deputized with a special uh, commission from the uh, uh, from the U.S. Marshal of the state of Alaska. Now, gr- granted, the Marshal did the right thing by immediately uh, pushing DPS to take action, removing them from the task force, and ultimately terminating them. Uh, I still think that this should have been prosecuted at the federal level. It's being prosecuted at the state level it's their prerogative to do so, but, uh, I think that the penalties, uh, should be much stiffer. The, uh, unfortunately the DA's offices in the state of Alaska are notorious for cutting breaks, uh, plea agreements because they're also outnumbered, uh, outmanned. Um, they start getting hit with, uh, motion work and they start getting wore out and before you know it they 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 start offering deals um at the federal level you don't see that much of that and the the consequences are a lot stiffer for these guys i hope that uh there is some entertainment that if for some reason the the state fails in prosecution that the feds will step in um i believe that law enforcement officers that commit the crimes that Garrett committed uh, should be held to a higher penalty standard because he 100% knew better, 100%. He swore an oath to protect the people that he hurt. He should be held to a higher penalty standard than uh, that of the state. That's my opinion. I believe that many do share that opinion. If, uh, you don't share that opinion, feel free to comment, send me a DM, tell me that I'm messed up and I'll be more than happy to, to, uh, reinforce my view with you, but I'll listen to you. Uh, you know, I won't, you know, I, 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 I got an email from a retired trooper recently, uh, that wasn't happy with something I said. And when I countered and provided details, now the crickets, when I provided a source material crickets. So, uh. I am definitely open to debate if you want to come on the show. Uh I can get you on the show remotely from uh help from your phone or from uh your internet connection wherever you are. I'd be more than happy to have a debate with you here uh, uh live on the podcast. I think people would uh, would love to see it too. Uh we're not closed-minded here. If things have changed, I want to hear about that too. So if a law enforcement officer is the suspect you should absolutely uh contact the fbi first that is 100 percent recommended now uh i need to change the subject uh momentarily because i wanted to do a shout out there is a uh, uh a condition right now it's called uh it's called SMA and SMA it, it, the way I understand it, it replaced what was known as SIDS. It is a rare condition. Uh, it's a spinal muscular atrophy. It's a leading genetic cause of death for infants. However, uh, um, You do have uh, some older kids that are getting it, but uh, it's infants essentially. And the treatment for this condition, I don't know much about the treatment other than its astronomical cost right now. It's $2.1 million for, it's a, it's a gene treatment. It is the most expensive drug ever developed as of right now. And uh, it was brought to my attention by a friend who lives in the community whose child is one of only, I believe, two children in the state of Alaska that have this condition, and they were able to get the treatment, their lo- their insurance, uh, Atna, he, the way he explained it to me, he received a call from the CEO Of Atna, that told him, "We're not paying for this. This is too expensive." And he responded, "So you're saying you're putting a price on my kid and the CEO? Yeah, two point one million dollars is not worth a life. We're sorry. And you know, we'll spend two point we'll spend quadruple of that in taking doctors out to dinner to sell drugs." You know, uh, most salespeople right now in the uh, in the pharmaceutical sales industry receive a budget of what seventeen thousand to twenty thousand a month for whining and dining uh, doctors and medical staff to sell them on drugs, but they're not going to spend two point one million dollars on uh, saving a kid with this condition. So I'm going to have a link in the description below, um, but I'm going to double down on this one. I'm also going to double down on the uh, uh, Alaska uh, Native Women's uh, nonprofit. We have our shirt that you guys know. You know we have our of swag, right? Uh, we have it available all on our website right now. We're going to donate the majority of the proceeds for every shirt sold, and we're going to donate the majority of proceeds from our Patreon. Between now and December, we're going to donate the majority of those proceeds to these two organizations because we feel strongly about it. It isn't right that, uh, you know, you have these heroes without capes that have to worry about whether their child is going to receive uh, this life-saving treatment. Or these women that have gone missing or women that are victims of domestic violence don't have the resources to protect them. Uh, Some of the reasons that they go missing is because they don't know who to call to rescue them from the situation that they find themselves trapped in. Whether it be a domestic violence situation or the sex trade, which is another uh, version of extreme violence in its own with the pimps and uh the violence that they've received from uh, 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 the uh, the Johns, essentially, their customers. Our Patreon is at Aegis Comics Alaska. Donations to there will, uh, the majority of those uh, proceeds will be going to these two organizations. Please remember that uh, uh, we need to consider these women that have been dragged into the sex trade, that have gone missing. Uh, as victims, I remember when I was earning my degree in uh, criminal justice, the professor brought up, uh, it was during the name of the course was called victimology. And the, uh, term for what I'm, the example I'm going to give you is called victim precipitation. Victim precipitation is a fancy way of saying victim blaming. If she hadn't have dressed that way, if she hadn't have wandered into Anchorage on her own, if she hadn't have gone to that bar and got drunk, we blame the victim, victim precipitation. The example, the question that he asked all the students was can a prostitute be raped? Can a prostitute be raped? The answer should be yes. Unfortunately, even to this date, there are states in the United States, there are jurisdictions in the United States that say that a prostitute cannot be raped. The charge would be theft of services, but not raped. Theft of services, but not raped. Part of what we have to do is change the culture. Now, I focused a lot on the sex trade. There is another factor that happens, another example, and I'm going to be wrapping this up. We'll do another part to this at some point. We'll do some follow-up. I'll try to get some lawmakers and both retired and current law enforcement if they're available to come on this show and get some advocates on the show as well. You have... Women that come to Anchorage in particular because they've been medically evacuated. They come from medical treatment. And during the treatment, they get their treatment, they go out, and before they fly home, they decide to go out into town. They get roofied or they get intoxicated at a local bar, downtown Anchorage, or even out here in the valley. And then they go missing. They go home with the wrong person. They make a bad decision. They go home with a predator. And they go missing. The families have no closure. Somebody out there witnessed that. Somebody out there knows. And all we need is that information. Information. You can contact the Matsu Crime Stoppers. I'll have their link in the description. You can contact the Anchorage uh, Crime Stoppers. And you can, of course, contact uh, the Alaska State Troopers. The final thing I will bring up, and this is going to be something that is going to need its own show, and that is the fact that DNA evidence is still not being processed by the state. Even though they've been ordered to by past governors, current administrations, they've been ordered to, they either cite budget constraints, lack of personnel, or they, they just shine a, a blind eye to some incompetent personnel. There was a guy who was a lieutenant in Bethel. Maybe in the future I'll say his name. Who used to keep the SART kits, the Sexual Assault Response Team kits. He wouldn't put them in evidence. He kept them in his drop ceiling, in his office. Evidence with underwear, DNA evidence, all kinds of stuff that should have been refrigerated and sent off to the crime lab, he would just keep it in his office. Was it for some perverted reason? Was it just for incompetence? Who knows? He ended up getting relieved as a result of that and was transferred to Anchorage where he was then uh, made the SAR coordinator, the search and rescue coordinator. This is the kind of stuff that happens, unfortunately, where you have an individual that should have been criminally charged for mishandling of evidence but instead just gets moved to another location at headquarters uh i can do a whole episode on uh the training team uh the traveling training team at dps which is essentially made up of uh it, it, it's kind of like the island of misfit toys right now you got a lot of guys on that uh, on that unit that uh the they're not able to be out and on patrol doing the work. You know, there's one guy on there that's on the unit right now because he was found to be dishonest on record in the Palmer courthouse. So, I mean, we have stuff like that happening. Um, These are uh, assets, billets that should be, these are positions that should be thrown into these investigative positions, but instead we're wasting them in positions uh, that they shouldn't be in. Uh, We have, uh, and let me cla- let me fix that that statement. If you have a bad employee that's committing crimes or found to be dishonest, that person should be terminated. Because when you put them at a unit with good people, they're now sitting there rubbing shoulders with somebody that they know for a fact they shouldn't be associated with, and it sends a very dark message about the mission or what the department feels about that unit when they're making it a dumping ground. And uh, it takes away from the credibility entirely of what that unit was designed for. The training unit, there's no need for that training unit. All those people should be assigned. The good ones should be assigned to, uh, 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 and there are some good ones at that unit, but should be assigned to this indigenous uh, 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 missing women's unit. But instead they're led by Chung Chan and uh, uh, uh God knows what they're doing but they're not doing anything that's helping the state or helping the department right now all they're doing is uh wasting the six million dollars that was designed to protect rural Alaska and they're using that for you know going on trips to the lower 48. For fancy schools that they never share that information with the with the rank and file anyway. That's my two cents, guys. There are things that we can do. There are things that we can do, self-help. Uh, if you have any questions, you can always message me. If there's any way that I can help, I will do everything in my power to help. Uh, there are good troopers on patrol right now. There are good troopers uh, in rural Alaska that are going to do their best to help you. A lot of times they are constrained by budgets, by managers. And until those managers are replaced with leaders, that's just going to be the trend. Don't, don't hate the trooper that's trying. Just understand them when they look at you and they tell you it's a budget thing. That's not their words. No, no trooper worth their, their badge and their honor would ever use budget as a made-up excuse. They're being told by their supervisors that they can't fly out, overtime's not authorized, that DNA kit uh, is not a priority, so on and so forth. Guys, I appreciate you listening. There's more to come. If you have a recommendation for a topic, please message us on our socials. Check us out on uh, Instagram, on our website, agescomicsalaska.com. We have a contact uh, form there where you can reach out to us directly. And don't forget to subscribe and share this with your friends and loved ones. And we will see you next time. Take care. You just listened to the Age's Comics of Alaska's podcast. Don't forget, new episodes drop every week. For more info about Alaska's comic book shop, visit www.agescomicsalaska.com.